now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Uh, uh, turn your lights down low. And pull your window curtain. Oh, let your moon come shining in. Welcome to episode 57 of The Awakened Soul. Glad to bring you guys another episode. We have a few topics uh, this week, which, you know, it may come off a little controversial. I promise you it's not as bad as what the topics may sound like on surface level. We will be discussing uh, transgendered uh, high school sports, high school athletics. And, um, you know, we, we branch out to talk a little bit more than just high school on that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that conversation. We also have... Ant-Man and the Wasp review featuring Johnny and Ralph, uh, my brothers from Oversaturated and the Breaks Radio. We also will be discussing A-Track Brown, Brown's comments on toxic masculinity. Well, just a few of them. It's, it's more so my thoughts on toxic ma- masculinity as well as some of the stuff that uh, that got the Internet on fire when, when A-Track discussed the, uh, the, the, the topic. So we got that. Um, yeah, we also have the Stupid Idiot of the Week returning as it does every single week. Only one this week. Um, yeah, I, I, I really could have probably pulled about three or four stupid idiots of the week, but I try, I try to really just pull the best of the, is the best of the, does that sound right when you're talking about stupid idiot? Nonetheless, you guys know what I mean, but before we get into all of that, we have to get into my dark and twisted mind. We have to step in to the mind of Hayes. So I'm going to play a little bit more music for you guys. On the other side of that, we'll be stepping into my mind. I'll see you guys there. All my damn So the first thing coming off the top of In the Mind of Haze, we have to talk about it. We got some serious stuff to get to, but before we get into any of that, Will Smith and the In Your Feelings, In My Feelings Challenge, whatever that's being called. Um, wow, Will Smith cannot be defeated. He he, he cannot. He he will not. In anything in life, he will not be defeated. Um, the this man, I I hope to have his energy levels. When I re- reach that age, um, just a, a, amazing, like to climb the top of the chain bridge in Budapest and do this in my feelings challenge dance is just it's one of the goat uh, moments ever. Um, I mean, it, it was illegal, so he did break the law to do so. I guess that that kind of that may take away from it being uh one of the greatest things of all time. But you have to see this video. Um, Jake's even come out since then and has said that uh, Will Smith has officially won the the In My Feelings Challenge. And yes, if you're getting ready to upload your video, don't do it. It's done. Will Smith won it. That's it. Put a nail in it. This. Shit, I, I have nothing left to say on it um, at all. It's just an, an amazing, amazing feat. Um, and, and hats off to Will Smith for taking it up another level um, like only he can do. But now we do have to get into some seriousness. So, you know, start off with, um, you know, started off with something fun. Everything's everyone's doing the In My Feelings Challenge. And, you know, it's a, it's a good feel and 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 all that good stuff, but you know what we do here at the Waking Soul. We talk about the deep stuff, and we can't shy away from that. Um, we're gonna go over to Chicago, and so in Chicago, the South Side, of course, um, a barber known as Harith Augustus, better known as Snoop in the neighborhood, 
Uh, he worked at the South Shore in the South Shore community, was apparently observed as exhibiting characteristics. And this is a um, direct read from the article. So take this with a grain of salt. This isn't anything official, but he was char- characterized as, as carrying himself like an armed man. Um, uh, and then the police tried to question him and the officers opened fire. Um, so unfortunately, he was pronounced dead at Jackson Park Hospital. Um, and so this has turned into, um, of course, protesters. And I, I would I would say, I'm going to stop short of calling it a riot. Um, but the neighborhood, had, there has been uh, it's gone into high tension with the police officers in that neighborhood. Um, and so four demonstrators were arrested late Saturday um, during these outbursts with, with police officers. Uh, needless to say, this is is not going over well. Um, you know, someone in the community, uh, we, we all know as as black men or just men in general, what your barber kind of kind of represents or the barbershop represents. Um, and this this is this is just um, an ongoing thing um, in, in Chicago. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do uh, or, or read some some stats. Um, a 2017 Justice Department review found that Chicago officers use force nearly 10 times more in incidents involving black suspects than against any white suspects. African-Americans were the subject of 80 percent of all police firearm uses and 81 percent of all taser contact stuns in Chicago. So, you know, th- this this is 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 just another thing. Another example of what's going on and why tensions are so high in Chicago. Um, also, Chicago has spent about seven hundred and nine million dollars on settlements for police misconduct. So when you hear those numbers, you 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 can kind of understand why something like this is blowing up as quickly as what it has and becoming such a a big thing. Um, because, like I said, you know, I read the stats. Tensions are high already. Um already a, a number of cases of misconduct of police in Chicago. Um, all I can say is that let's hope and pray that whatever the truth is in this, whatever, uh, that, that justice is served. Let's just hope for that. Let's hope that justice is served. Escalating it is almost never the way I understand protesting. Um, we don't want to throw more gasoline on the fire, so to say, but at the same time, you you want to stand up. You want to get this type of misconduct notice, whatever you have to do to bring justice to the for, for the for his family and just for in general, the neighborhood, the, the city of Chicago. Um, I'm sure my people, uh, B-Hun and B-Chan over at Alternative Facts Chicago will probably be talking about this as well. But I, I definitely wanted to speak on this. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Uh, like I said, the, the numbers of police misconduct is just it's just it's just crazy it's just crazy so we are going to try our best to move on into the next topic and the next topic that we're going to be discussing and this is one that i'm sure everyone was ready uh and 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 wanting to get my opinion on and so anyone who's heard the toxic masculinity special that dropped this past thursday um i'm sure you guys have heard eight tracks comments his thoughts um and while uh, you know, and everyone shout out to that whole panel um, with Shanice, Andrew Bello, Rhonda Mary, uh, because being able to talk about something that openly and in a panel form is never easy, especially when everyone on that pan- panel weren't familiar with each other. So you already are coming into something, sharing your thoughts and ideas with people who you don't know or how how, how they're going to react. We've gotten a lot of feedback from that. Um, I will say that while the, the open discussion was praised universally. Of course, some of the comments from 8-Track didn't go over so well with with some people. And while I don't, like I said, I don't agree um, with with everything 8-Track. A a lot of it I do. um, Some of it I don't or vice versa. Um, I will say um, more specifically, the comments on women in the workplace uh, are ones that I really don't agree with. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into a whole rebuttal over eight track because he spread his truth. And that's what that was for. That whole panel was for open discussion to provoke conversation, to get, uh, things talked about, uh, toxic masculinity that a lot of people are afraid to touch on, on both sides, the ones that believe in it, the ones that don't. Um, but I, I did want, want to come out and say that, you know, I, I 
don't agree with 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 some of that. Now, as far as toxic masculinity itself, does it exist? I will say that I think that toxic anything exists. There's there's toxic toxic aspects of almost anything in life. Any anything can be toxic depending on how far you go into it um, and and how you use it. So I, I will say that uh, that in that specific aspect. Now I will say also that I think that it's becoming one of those terms now that everything is kind of being thrown into immediately now, because it was, it was, it, it, it's gotten bigger and it's something that someone said and it, and it, it, it's meaning has morphed and this meaning has turned into something to where it's now just thrown out. And especially after Terry Crews mentioned it in his sexual um, assault conversation with the grand jury, um, and it it kind of it was ballooning before then kind of died down after that it's ballooned again. Um, and as a track said on on that that special, the fact that the new season of Insecure is supposed to deal heavily with toxic black masculinity. And, you know, it, I, I, and like we kind of all came up with on the panel, it, it is becoming a term that it needs to be defined a little bit more, in my opinion, on exactly the aspect of it being toxic, because a lot of what it's being used now for is to describe just masculinity overall. And th- that I feel is unfair. And even that, which I said on on the panel is that toxic aggression, toxic of aggressive attitudes and actions are definitely a thing. But I think we need to understand that it's more than just masculinity. That's a part of that. So, you know, that that's kind of my thoughts. And I still really the, the, the definition was something that we all kind of took aim with and everything. But I wanted to get my thoughts on that. I, I love the conversations that are being had from it. I love the fact that it's it was our highest day one downloads. And not to say that I that that matters at all. It was more about presenting the conversation in a way and getting that topic out there into where it was something that. Um, you know, more people need to be talking about them. And I'm glad if I did my part to start the conversation and get that those wheels turning a little bit more, whether you agree or disagree with any of the panel, not going to make it just about a track. But I wanted to send my thank yous out to that whole panel to being able to come on and discuss that topic, one that are a lot of our opinions weren't going to be appreciated or agreed with. And you open yourself up to now people coming to your social media and wanting to have those conversations with you. So shouts out to all of them. Um, but we're going to take a break from the mind of haze. we got more stuff coming, but we have to get into my sister Shanice's unpopular opinion. Uh, so we're going to get into her intro music for that. Uh, and then we'll get into her conversation and I'll catch you guys on the other side of the unpopular opinion. Hey guys, so I wanted to backtrack a little bit and touch on the topic we talked about last episode of The Awakened Soul, um, the topic of toxic masculinity. If you happen to not listen to that episode, pause this right now, go back to that one, and then resume. So if you did listen to it, um, you know that we touched on a lot of things on what toxic masculinity is, um, try to you know pick it apart to see what it means to us. Um, basically... Toxic masculinity means taking the characteristics that are associated with masculinity, but putting them on a hundred, simply made like that. So um, we also talked about um, and mentioned a little bit toxic femininity. And, you know, that basically went along with women who use their femininity um, to basically control men or, you know, toxic femininity in the sense of, you know, being overtly aggressive to like other people as as a woman. Um, and that, you know, toxic femininity really got me interested in learning more about that and seeing, you know, where it plays a part in the world, which then takes me to Twitter. So as you guys know, on Twitter is sort of like a familial conversation. Someone will say something that has like 92 replies. So we, we meaning me and whoever was on Twitter, um, had a conversation about oral sex. Um, if it was foreplay, if it's actually considered sex, you know, things like that. It was just a conversation. And it led me to point out one bit of toxic femininity that we did not touch on the last episode of The Awakened Soul. And that is pick me culture. Now, a pick me is those individuals, it could be males or females, who are on the timeline who say things in order to seem like they're 
different than the rest of their gender. Now, it can be anything along the lines of like men saying things to be favored by women, even though they're going against the other men's male opinions, or women saying things to go against the other feminine opinions. Case in point, with that conversation of oral sex, one girl came on and said, I feel like giving your guy head is a requirement while women to get eaten out is optional. Men don't have to do it. And instantly I rolled my eyes and said, this is such a pick me. Like, girl, you saying that is not going to have guys all up in your DMs talking about, oh, I fucks with you because you want to give head and you don't want it back. And if that did happen, is that the energy you want? You want guys to come to you based on that asinine ass opinion of yours? I mean, again, no judgment. Just me sharing my opinions on things. But yeah, the, that pick me culture I see a lot in women on, on social media where it's like, oh no, I'm different than everybody else. I'm different than all women. I don't care if you dis- disrespect me or disregard me and do all these things. No, 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 no. I don't care. I'm different. Like, girl, no, you're not. You're the same ass bitch as all of us. Like, stop. Stop trying to get chose. Like, stop doing it. We see you. But anyway... I just wanted to share my opinion on that because I feel like it's happening a lot more on social media. I don't know what's going on. Again, you guys know that I just pay attention a lot to social media. So all of my popular opinions comes on, comes from what I see in the world via my phone. But anyway, that was my popular opinion this week. Um, keep bringing me the good comments, the bad comments, sharing your opinions with me. I'm always open for open conversation. Again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode of Toxic Masculinity, definitely listen to that. It was a great conversation. And I'll see you guys next week. So that was another amazing, unpopular opinion from Shanice. Um, but we're going to continue with the mind of haze. No, we're not done with the mind of haze yet. Um, this next topic all stems from uh, Connecticut track and field. And so just to start this off, uh, Terry Miller, who was born as a, as a male but identifies as a woman, came in first place during a June 4th track meet. Another male to female transgender Andrea Yearwood finished in second place in the 100 meter event as well. This is all in Connecticut. Um, and so this has caused some conversation to pop up, uh, particularly from one of the parents, uh, Bianca Stansu, I believe is how you pronounce the name, uh, who, because of this, decided to circulate a petition um, to change the gender policy of high school sports. Now, the official um Gender policy as of right now is the school district shall determine a student's eligibility to participate in gender specific sport sports based on the gender identification of that student in current school records and daily life activities. Now, what uh, this mother is petitioning is that it, it that allowing male to female transgenders to participate in um female sports is that it creates an unbalance um and that she this parent isn't saying that transgendered people should not be able at all to contend in sports what she's actually uh suggesting here is that that the athletes uh can compete with the girls after they un- undergo testosterone suppression treatment and then wait a certain period of time um before they are actually allowed to compete with the other girls uh of that school and of course as i said this has then well when i first read this it it of course got me thinking into you know is that is that an unfairness is that something that should be looked at is the fact that you do have uh transitioning transgenders who are developing as as male developing that muscle structure that young males do and does that create a, a competitive uh, imbalance? Um, and, you know, this this 
this of course is especially with the with the rise of um of transgendered rights of course this is is going to be a topic that continues being more widespread um you know, I, I in, in, in my research. So, like I said, I, I read this and it, and it made me research uh, to see what other states did. And what I came across is uh, a, a city that's not too far from me, Indianapolis. Um, and they've had a similar conversation. Um, the athletic director there um, was called because of disagreements over transgender people being allowed to compete in in sports with the gender that they identify as rather than what they were born as. And um this is what, and I'm reading this directly from the NY Times that talked about this uh, this situation. And it's quite frankly, I don't think anyone has it exactly right, because if they did, everyone else would do just that. If you look at the NCAA, at what the NCAA is doing and what the Olympics Committee is doing, and those are different because they are largely dealing with adults versus we working with minors. It doesn't seem like anyone has landed on something that is universally applicable. So, I mean, that, that makes you think And me as a parent of girls, um, and I do, I have daughters, uh, to, to think if my daughter's trained, kick their butt, um, to, to get to a certain point and then to have someone who may have a competitive advantage, um, compete and what that would do to the psyche of my daughters, what that would do, um, to just all the work that they're putting in to be at the, hopefully the peak of their sport and, to have someone who, because they identify as a different gender, does that open the door to them having an advantage? And what I will say, just my personal opinion, and, and again, what I like to do here at The Awakened Soul is I present the facts of what's happening. I present the situation. I present my thoughts, and then let's have a conversation about it. Um, I agree to a certain extent with uh, the parent in Connecticut who made the suggestion that they should go testosterone uh, therapy. And then after a certain period of time, then they should be allowed to compete. Um, or I, I also agree with you competing with the gender that you were born as to a certain extent, too, because then if you're going under um, the, 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 the genetic therapy or, or the hormone therapy, not genetic therapy, uh, then d- does that create another imbalance for you if you're competing against your original gender? This this I'm, I'm not saying I have the answers at all, but just standing back as a parent, I, I would say that either we need to create um, competitions for transgender people, uh, another lane for them, so to say, or some type of control needs to be in place. Um, and, and really, there's there's not one. As I read with the NY Times article, there's not anything it's in place. And immediately in thinking about this, uh, you know, we're, we're starting with track and field. I immediately went to boxing and uh, in, in a conversation with Andrew Bello, I, I brought up, well, they would never let a transgendered someone who's transitioning from male to female box against female competitors. And Andrew Bello hit me with an article. Um, and this one is actually with mixed martial arts where an MMA fighter uh, and Ver, Veritao, Ver, Ver, Verado, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with some of these last names, so I apologize. Um, recently uh, was the first male to female transgendered who competed against men in MMA and won a tournament. But before that, the reason why this was such a big deal is because she was competing against women um, in MMA. And that completely blew my mind because what that does now is that that that's a whole different level. Like we, we can talk about running all day and and people will have the argument all day of, well, men are almost naturally better athletes than women or they have physical advantages that women don't. So when you put a transgendered in a role like that or in a sport such as track and field, it's going to be a disadvantage. Whether anyone wants to admit it or think it's 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 misogynist to say that or not, it does create an imbalance. Um, but in a combat sport, in a sport where you're fighting, it blew my mind to find out that uh, a a a male to female transitioner was allowed to actually compete against women in such a physical sport as MMA. And you know, to, to her to her credit, um, Anne did mention that she that it was only fair for her to fight men, and that she was tired of being criticized for fighting women, and she she wanted to prove that she could uh, hang, so to say, with with, with 
um, the men and she wasn't just only so good as a fighter because she was competed against women. Now, this was not UFC, which is uh, the one of the, the largest MMA companies around that, in, that anyone would know. But um, as of right now, uh, UFC has no official rules or regulation for testosterone level requirements for competition. Um, and in the World Fighting Championship, the WFC has no official policies reg- regarding transgendered fighters at all. And like I said, for as someone who has daughters, I just I just don't feel like this is is fair. I don't personally understand why this is allowed um, in in a combat sport like MMA. But to get back to the original topic of high school sports, that's just an aside of my thoughts about high school sports. I I, I said it like I, I really do feel that that is unfair in a sense. And I feel that there is that that does give someone a competitive advantage. Whether it's it's their choice or not. And again, I'm, I want to make it clear that this conversation is nothing to do with someone's right to transition some, or, or transgender rights at all. I'm, I'm, I It's not at all a, a knock against that or anything. This is specifically with high school sports. I want to know what you guys think. Or do you think that it's fair if that was was your was your child? Um, and even even on the flip side, we focus a lot on the male to female trans um, transitioning aspects of it but if it was a female to male transitioning um would you want that child to then be put in a situation where they are competing against males natural nat- born males who identify with their original gender um and then almost never be able to compete and, and don't get me wrong you will have your ones where it this will not maybe not be a factor at all someone can train to their peak and it it, it may not even be a factor uh for a female to male transition to compete against men in in, in certain sports and, and it be an issue. But what if that child trains, 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 and they can never really compete, make the team or whatever else, because they are competing against male who have a different physical makeup. Um, I, I mean, let, let me know that this, this was something that really, like I said, as a father, I have daughters and sons. Um, it just, it, it, it just kind of blew my mind. It's something that I never had really thought about before it got into this. Um, so you guys know where to find me. You can find me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H A I Z E. Send any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the awakened soul pod at gmail.com. What we're going to do now, we are going to transition um, from this serious topic into a less serious topic. We're going to get into the petty news. Um, so we're going to get into that. And I'll catch you guys on the other side with the stupid idiots of the week. Hello, my name is Jerry Rubbers, and we are live with the petty news. Howdy, howdy, and bowdy, bowdy. Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, resigns after using the N-word. And this is not his first time using the N-word, so it lets me know that he has a lot of friends he say this stuff around. So, John, let me be the first to tell you. You are a good-for-nothing son of a And you have a lot of makeup on in your commercials like a 35-cent Now, moving on with the mother news. Adam Pac-Man Jones gets into a full-blown fistfight with an employee at the Atlanta airport. For those of you who do not know who Pac-Man Jones is, he is a football player that played for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he is now a free agent. But he hit that young man so hard that he thought he was at the Cleveland airport. And you know how hard you got to hit somebody to be at a Cleveland airport. There's nothing there to do. If you haven't, please look at the video. The girl saved that man's life. Pac-Man hit him so hard he was sleeping. In church words, he got baptized. Hallelujah. Michael B. Jordan was spotted at a nightclub with a lady friend. Now, I know Michael B. Jordan said bury me next to my ancestors who jumped from the ship. But baby girl looked like she had a little black in her, so I will give her a pass today only. But I know one thing. T'Challa wouldn't have did what Michael B. Jordan did. The black of the berry, the sweet of the cooch. I mean, juice. Juice. <clears throat> black of the berry, sweet of the juice. Next. Charles Oakley was arrested for allegedly cheating at a casino. Charles tried to take back his $100 chips after he realized that he was not going to win. And I know for a fact you don't want to get arrested in Vegas. Like they say, whatever happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. Somebody in jail will make you get down on your knees and fix it. Word to baby boy. But I ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Next. Drake has broken the billboard record held by the Beatles for 54 years. Now, I'm not surprised at that. What I'm most surprised about, 
this in my feelings challenge got the world going crazy. I kind of like it though. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? No, damn that. Who is Kiki? Is she from the south side? Sound like she's from the west side. Maybe two kids, maybe three. Somebody find out who the hell Kiki is. And that is all we have for the moment. Thank you for listening to Petty News. I am Jerry Rubbers. Don't be fooled, because we got the news. Girl, what are you calling me for? You got the test results? Okay, well, spit it out. The baby's not mine. Okay, well, who is it? My brother, Gerald. You stupid son of a... Listen, shout out to Scoop Grady. Um, <laughs> this whole Jerry Rubbers thing is just... It's just taking a, a twirl in its own direction. Uh, let me know how you feel about uh, the the petty news segment from Jerry Rubbers, a.k.a. Scoop Grady. Uh, how do you enjoy it? Uh, do you enjoy the character? Or would you rather just Scoop Grady himself make an appearance on the podcast in the segment? Let me know. Um, but nonetheless, it's time. It's time. It's time for the stupid idiots of the week. And I know earlier I said that there was only one stupid idiot of the week. But no. I actually, one just randomly came across my desk that I just have to discuss. So let's get into our stupid idiot music. I'll see you on the other side of that. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. So imagine this. I'm going to set the mood. Imagine you're chilling in your car before you start work, um, listen to some music, you know, preparing to get in the mood to do your job. And then someone comes, knocks on your window, asks you what you're doing there and then proceeds to call the police. Well, this is pretty much exactly what happened to Ezekiel Phillips, who is a yoga instructor. And upon dropping off his friend and waiting to start his yoga class, decided to listen to yoga CD to prepare him for his class. When a woman comes up to him, knocks on his window and says, you're not supposed to be here. This is a good neighborhood. Ezekiel, then being the yoga instructor that he is, tells the woman to have a good day and rolls his window up. The situation then goes on to escalate after the woman started taking pictures of him and then called the police to say that she saw him attack someone, which is not even remotely true. According to the 911 call, she is frantic during the call um, as the operator tried to figure out what the situation was. The police did come out. The situation was able to be uh, diffused pretty quickly as the police figured out what was going on. Um Yes. So this woman who has not been identified as of this time, um, unidentified woman for you, just generally being a douchebag, you are definitely the stupid idiot. of the week. But wait, there's more. Um, so we're going to set the mood again. Imagine you are at your apartment complex. You're chilling, enjoying the sunny day, the calmness of the water. Decide to go swim. Mind in fact, at the apartment complex, you pay $1,600 in rent uh, for. Then imagine the building manager named Candace uh, decides to call the police on you uh, to kick you out of the pool in which you're a resident and you and you pay for for nothing more than to say that she has the power to do so. This happened in Indianapolis and Candace, uh, who <laughs> who was later uh, fired from her job um, because of this, uh, she was suspended. They did an investigation uh, and then she was terminated. But yeah, um, Candace, for you, not only uh, alienating your own residents uh, from a pool, which I'm sure, you know, having a pool is is usually included in part of your rent. That's part of why probably the rent was so high. Um yeah, for doing that, then losing your job, you're definitely the you disrespectful, stupid idiot. Just when you think, just, just, just when you think, like uh, I, don't, I don't know, but to both our stupid idiots of the week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. Thank you, thank you for that. Well, we are now going getting ready to transition into uh, one of my favorite uh, conversations of this podcast. We got my brothers Johnny and Ralph on. Uh, we will be discussing Ant Man. 
Uh, so we're going to get into a little snippet of the, of, of the trailer for that, and then we'll see you guys on the other side. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, we have to talk about Ant-Man um, and the Wasp. Let me say the full name of the movie. But before that, I bought my brothers from the Breaks Radio in and also oversaturated the podcast. We got Johnny and Ralph in the building. Fellas, say what's going on to the Awakened Soul audience. Good morning, good good afternoon, good evening. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that, I feel that. Uh, So, fellas, I mean, we talk so much. Um, And we've already talked about this movie somewhat, but we got to do it in an official capacity. So we're just going to start off with it, man. Do you feel Ant-Man and the Wasp, was it better than the original Ant-Man? That's how we're going to start this off. Johnny, what do you think? Damn, honestly, I haven't even thought about that. Um, Just... Just candidly, candidly, ooh, uh, I'll say yeah. I think so. I I really enjoyed the first Ant Man. Don't get me wrong, but I think Ant Man and the Wasp was a little bit more enjoyable. I thought the hum there was more humor that I which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I, I think it was more enjoyable than the first one. All right, Ralph. Uh, no, I'm on the other side. I like the the OG Ant Man better. Like, <laughs> I mean, because like. We'll get into all of this. Like, I'll say this. The action in Ant-Man and the Wasp is better. But do I enjoy it more? Like, off this first I mean, this only watch that I have gave it? Nah. I need to let it sit with me some. This is like an Aubrey album. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it don't 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 really get with you the first time. You know, maybe you got to go back and listen to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's the villain to me. Like, that, like, I prefer the villain over in, in, in the first one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Let's 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 talk. We'll talk about the villain, and we'll get into the story. Um, was there really a villain in this movie? When you think about it, like uh, Birch, I love the actor. Um, everything that he's in, uh, Walter Goggins is a great actor. But I mean, at the end of the day, he wanted a dollhouse. And then the, who was presented in trailers as the villain, Ghost? When it's all said and done, really wasn't a villain. When you think about it, she was more of a victim than a villain. Right. She just wanted to kill Live. herself. Yeah, like and, and, and when you think about it, like so, her father, uh, because he was fired by Hank Pym, had to experiment in his house uh, because Hank Pym fired him. Uh, it caused his daughter to get quantum realm radiation or whatever and phase in and out. She's then found as a child by Shield, who then takes her affliction and turns her into a weapon for her yeah. whole life. And then at the end of the day, when S.H.I.E.L.D. crashes down, Ben Foster, Lawrence Fishburne's character, wants to help her. But the only way to help her is to almost kill Janet Van Dyne. And we'll get into that. But, you know, even Bill Foster didn't want to hurt anybody. As soon as she said that she was going to go after Ant-Man's daughter, he was like, no, that's where I draw the line. She said, "Okay, I'll find another way. And she didn't kill anybody in this movie. So were there really any villains? And is that why, Ralph, I know you said it felt like a filler. Is that why it felt like, because the stakes, there weren't really any stakes in this movie. It was more personal, but no high stakes. Yeah, and villains, like, in these MCU movies do a lot for me, like, uh, to attract me more into the story. Especially, you know, me just being the the movie person that I am, not really knowing, like, the, the uh, comic book history. So, yeah, like ghost being just a, an affliction. I'm like, that's it. Like, that, this is this is it. Like, okay, like, all right, I guess I can rock with it. But I thought that maybe Lawrence Fishburne's character would have been like the one pulling the strings, kind of like on some. Uh, you remember like when Stryker gave like the mutants the stuff in X Men and they mind control and shit. Like he would do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I would felt like it would have been more like that concept. Like he's really the mad scientist, and you really got to go through him. But that's not the case. But I like, that. I feel like when you look at this movie in the grander scheme of the MCU, it's like what what more could really happen right now? Like, it's it's I find it so interesting that Marvel has the the means to make a movie like Ant Man. It's like it's a it's a full it's a full movie, but it still feels like a minute detail 
in the grander scheme of the MCU, like Thanos literally just wiped out half of the universe. But you still have this this big movie that shows this one person just trying to heal herself. Like, am I making sense in what I'm saying? Yeah. I get what you're saying, but it's just like the thing with Marvel, they they have they they can afford to give you this big overarching story and then mm-hmm. go back to show you why one character wasn't in this main movie. Because that's right. pretty much what we were getting at. Why Ant-Man wasn't in Infinity War. Exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing is I don't and this is this is my opinion. Maybe this is why I don't look at it as filler. But when you really look at this whole phase of 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 Marvel movies, every story was more personal. Now the stakes may be in higher or lower. Thor, Ragnarok, which I think we all universally love, it was a personal story to Thor and yeah. and Asgard. Spider Man Homecoming, personal story. No real high stakes there. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Very personal to Very uh, personal Quill. to, to Quill. Lord, yeah. So what I think what Marvel was doing with this phase and what came before it all kind of fed in because you were gonna see those characters in Infinity War. Ant-Man, I think, is going to play a big part in, in, in Avengers 4. So they gave him his personal story in between the two mega ones because now with a lot of the Avengers dead, now we're attached more to Ant-Man. Well, the, the average viewers are more attached to Ant-Man because coming in, Black Panther's gone. Yeah. Like, Bucky's gone. Like, uh, so many people, people, Rocket, gone. Group, gone. No, Rocket's still alive. Group, gone. Gamora, gone. Quill, gone. So what do you do then? For a hero that didn't have the highest sales on your first movie, you make a personal story to get us even more attached to him. And I think what they did very well in this movie is that they sold the idea of the family. Like the Pims and Scott all felt very much like a family. That got ripped away from him. When he comes back from the quantum realm for Avengers 4, everything he loves is gone. We don't even know if his daughter's around. It's possible she's gone too. So you've yeah. added stakes to that. And I think that that's what they're going to do with Hawkeye, too. That Hawkeye was gone. We haven't seen him. I think the opening scene of Avengers 4, and this is where I get into some speculation, is going to be Hawkeye on his retirement and his family fades away and he has to go figure out what's going on. That may be what starts it. And I think that it's just add, adds those personal stakes and it'll play off. Why it feels like filler now, it's going to play off once we see what they do with this character in Avengers 4. I can feel that. Yeah. I don't like I don't know it's just as a mood like not thinking about it as part of the MCU and the villain not they're not really being a villain I still think the movie was enjoyable like yeah I don't know yeah like that, that's just me being hip. like Marvel's been really good to us this year like really good so it's just <laughs> the like, last two years really it, it, yeah yes yes so it's like you know Pretty much, you gave us "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" 2018, but it's okay. Like, it, it is okay. Like, this is still like I'm. I'm making these jokes, but don't get it twisted. I will still go back and watch this movie. It, it just wasn't like it really didn't give me that feel like the you know the past three movies or four movies have given me. So it's like, eh, okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> still I'm still hurt from Infinity War. I'm sorry. <laughs> like real shit. And then. I don't know if you want to jump to this, but the after credit scene, spoiler alert, like the after credit scene where he was in the quantum realm and then yeah. it showed them disappearing. Like I I literally was not expecting that just because the movie, the movie was even though there was a lot of action, the movie was really lighthearted, kind of, mm-hmm. especially with the humor. So I'm like, you know, I'm having a good time. I'm laughing at jokes and shit. And then all of a sudden I come back to the realization half the universe is gone. It's like, fuck. I was like, oh my god! Like it just it pulled on my heartstrings. <laughs> it was it was great. That's definitely top five like after credit scenes for Marvel for me. And it works. It's so effective because Ant Man is such a fu- like you can't say that this movie isn't fun. Like it's a fun right. movie, yes. and to end on something so like Infinity War was not fun ever. At like at, at any all. point in that at movie, all. no point. So, <laughs> the only time it was the Guardians, like the Guardians and Thor. Oh, yeah. fun shit was- <laughs> when, they, when they were when they were listening to music for that brief two minutes, that was the only fun we got in that movie. Um, but so it was very fun. But to end, like you said, on that somber note of, oh yeah, half the universe is gone. Uh, I think I think is is very effective. But Ralph, me and Johnny have been talking for a minute, man. What do you, what do you think about the stakes and uh, the the end credit scene and how it plays into Avengers Four? All of it. Oh, well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that end credit scene. Like, I was like, wow. Like, that's what we own? So we pretty much have to figure out, like, he, 
I'm trying to figure out how he gets out of the quantum realm if the three people that can help him are gone. Um, you know, the time vortex and all that stuff. Like It's like little stuff that you pay attention to, especially if you watch these movies over and over and over again. There's a reason why they mention it. He's probably going to come out in a time vortex somewhere in the past and hook up with, like, Iron Man or some shit. And then, it's you know, we'll, we'll figure it out after then. Like... <laughs> I actually saw um I saw a picture from the set of Avengers 4 where Ant-Man was talking to Captain America and Iron Man like in the past. Like yeah. it looks like they were at the Battle of New York or some shit cuz yeah. Captain America had on his like his red, his super bright red, white and blue outfit. So yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 just really eager to see Avengers 4 because I want to know how all this shit turn out. Like I want to know. Let's see how it I'm happens. T- all this did was was support my theory on that the end of Avengers four, uh, Thanos is going to get trapped trapped in the quantum realm. Um, and and I mean when you look at Janet was trapped in there for thirty years. The only yeah. reason she was able to go back is because it, look at all the that it took. And what that does is it allows you to to get away without killing your main villain. And let's say eight years down the road they decide to bring Thanos back, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that is possible. Man, I I mean overall I, I enjoyed the movie. I would I would definitely go see it again. Um I just really ain't got the time. Facts. So too much going on. We got a live show to prepare for, fellas. Ain't nobody got time to watch movies twice. But uh facts. <laughs> sorry to bother you. Everybody needs to see that. Everybody needs to see that movie. Um That's all, I like mean that. I'll I want to see that too, but shit, I ain't got the time. <laughs> I had to, I had to make time for Ant Man just because you know that's part of my facts, part of my shit. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so so favorite favorite and worst part of the part of the film, and then we'll go ahead and close. Ralph, what was your favorite and worst part of the movie? Favorite part? I actually I enjoyed the comedy, like like just the interactions between you know, like especially the ex con crew and Scott. They're oh, great, those, ain't they? The, those 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 scenes are like go Baba Yaga. Great. <laughs> and even like the uh, FBI agent when he wanted to harass Scott all the time, but he really wanted to be his friend. Um, for me, it's there's so many recurring jokes throughout the movie, like the whole Scott Lang knowing how to do magic, like learning how to do magic. That was like a re- that was a recurring joke, like the whole movie. I thought yeah. that was dope. And then the other one was um when old boy was trying to give them the the not truth serum. Like that that was a recurring joke too. I, I love the recurring jokes throughout the movie. Um I didn't I mean, there wasn't really anything I disliked about it. I mean, it was just a fun movie, honestly. Well, I no. One thing I disliked was the very last after credit scene. You made me wait ten minutes of credits just to see an ant playing the drums that I already saw during the movie. Yeah, that was that was kinda wild. That was fucked up. Yeah. See my um I think that that, and I said this in our group chat, that that last credit scene, I looking back at it, and this may be just me retroactively trying to trying to figure out why uh, or trying to make it make more sense than what they intended. But I think that that's more creepy in the sense that there's this ant rolling around while half the universe is gone, like <laughs> like it's just this big ass ant. Like, and what if he shows up in Avengers Four and he like saves the Avengers from from no, somebody? No, no, no. I, I just, well. I will, I I would want a refund. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, we don't know what time period that was shot though. It could have been before the snap. But no, if you listen in the background, the news is saying people disappeared. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. No, but uh, very enjoyable. I I mean Ant Man and Wasp. It it came to do what it was meant to do. Set up the quantum realm for Avengers Four. B comical and show off some more shit that Ant-Man and Wasp could do. Like, that was it. Yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Clifford Harris for playing his role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Man. He didn't my, have as bro, many lines in this movie as he, he had like three. Movie. He had like three. Yeah, he did. Um, my favorite, though, and worst part, my favorite part of this movie is, like you said, the truth serum. When he did that flashback and he was saying where Scott was emotionally and you have the, the people acting it out, but it's his voice. That shit is amazing. Like I don't care what nobody. That that's one of my favorite parts of both these films so far. My least favorite part is is fucking Lawrence Fishburne's acting, and people ain't gonna talk about it because it's Uncle Larry. That man that man lost his acting chops. I don't care what nobody says. You can come at me. You can at me if you want to. This shit was corny as fuck. It was corny as shit. 
Every line he delivered. Look at his face. Corny as hell. So yeah, that was my least favorite parts of the movie. He ain't played a he ain't played a villain since Ike Turner, man. Get off his back. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how different he looked between then and now. I know, Shit. right? More his whole, now. Shit. His whole his whole facial structure has changed. Like something happened. We ain't gonna talk about that though, man. We ain't gonna go. I already got going on Uncle Larry too hard, man. Tell the people where they can find you so we can go ahead and roll out. Uh uh, I'm the mind of Ralph on Instagram and Twitter, and you know anything oversaturated the podcast oversaturatedpod.com. You a male, we a family. Yeah, we out here. Um, <laughs> J O N two underscores the letter B on Twitter. Um, if you want my Instagram, just ask me on Twitter. I give it to you. My name too long to remember. <laughs> All <laughs> right, breaks radio. The live show July 21st is going down. Uh, fellas, I can't. We out here, you, man. We are definitely out here. All right, peace, love, that all that good stuff. Peace. Yep. All right, so that's episode fifty-seven. For what it's worth, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. You know everything coming from the awakening. So we got a lot of stuff planned. Um, but before we go, before before we go, got to talk about the latest willings and dealings of my Chicago Bulls and also some some NBA talk in general. So the Chicago Bulls did sign Jabari Parker to a two year, 40 million dollar deal with the that second year being a team option. So basically what that means is that the Bulls get a have Jabari Parker on a possible one year deal to see how he's recovering from that that second ACL tear to see what type of player he can become if he can still be the scorer that he was or contribute to this team. I'm sure that they'll either pick up that second option, maybe decline it, maybe work out another deal. It seems like Jabari Parker really wanted to be a bull. Now, the only flip side of that is he said the same thing when we signed Dwayne Wade a couple of years ago. Uh, It never quite felt like he wanted to be a bull, though, more like he was fine coming to the Bulls because Miami wasn't ready to give him uh, the money that he felt he deserved. So that is a little bit of a difference in that sense. But nonetheless, Jabari Parker is coming to the Chicago Bulls. Um, so that that that's that that could be a big deal or it could be nothing, just depending on what type of player he still is or proves they can become. He's only 23. So there is a possible lot of upside still to his game in general. He's a terrible defender. Him and Zach Levine being on the court together, I'm, I'm worried they're going to play Matador defense where they just let everyone in. But I could be wrong. Um, on the flip side to that, uh, the Bulls have traded away Jer- Jerry and Grant. Um, who was our backup point guard. Not sure if that means that they believe more in Cameron Payne this season or if uh, Antonio Blakeney, uh, Blakeney, who is, was a huge scorer, almost I think he broke the record for most point per games in the in the G League last season. Um, if they're going to be giving him more minutes at guard, maybe those minutes go to Denzel Valentine. But Overall, I applaud the Bulls for taking a chance. And with it being a one-year deal, we don't mess up our our cap flexibility for next season if he ends up being a bust. Um, Now, I do worry about those those shots being taken away from Markkinen, um, who is our... In my opinion, our franchise player, you know, some people will say Zach Levine just by the nature of uh, who he was when we signed him and his personality. But for my for my money, it's always going to be Laurie Mark. And I just think he has the highest upside, but as well as Wendell Carter Jr. Now. Also, what does this do for Bobby Portis? You know, I, I I know right now everyone's expecting Jabari Parker to play at the shooting guard. I mean, I'm sorry, the small forward. I don't believe that that's the best case i mean again i understand that this may just be me uh and maybe he he shows that he can pe- play at the three but he's more of a four in my opinion and with laurie um with bobby Porce being there and wendell carter can also pick up some of those minutes at the power four because robin lopez probably will be starting um what does that mean uh, we'll see they, they definitely have some things to work out they have training camp we still have a couple of months from the season 
So we'll see. Overall, though, like I said, I'm happy that my Bulls did take a chance. I'm happy overall with their draft picks. Both Hutchinson and Carter Jr. looked like they belonged in the summer league. Now it's only summer league, so we'll see if they can how that continues. Uh, Wendell Carter, especially in that last summer league game, kind of got exposed uh, being when, when you can be a little bit more physical with him. But we'll we'll continue to see uh, how that goes. I'm just excited for my team. Excited that they did something unexpected. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm happy, though. As, as it stands right now, I'm pretty happy. We also have Jeremy Lin being traded from the Nets. Um, I, I, I just personally, Jerry, uh, Lin's been nothing. I was, I was on board the whole Lin Sanity thing. I even was still on board with him when he got traded to the, to the Rockets or he signed with the Rockets. I just thought that, you know, maybe maybe Jeremy Lin could be something. And he he's had a couple of years there, um, but now he's, he's going to move over to the Hawks. Um, more than likely either start or be the backup power forward um, to, to, to their new draft draftee there. Again, we'll see. I mean, oh, well, Schroeder's still there as well. So that point guard position at, uh, at the Hawks, maybe there's some more moves to come. You never know. Uh, but we also have Isaiah Thomas signing a minimum deal with the Denver Nuggets. This one's a little a bit weird. It was it wasn't too long ago that Isaiah Thomas was saying that the Celtics were going to have to back up the Brinks truck to re-sign him, and now here he is signing a minimum deal. Now Isaiah Thomas's heart cannot be denied. Uh, what he's able to do at five nine, you know, he played his heart out. He played through an injury in the playoffs against the Bulls, my Chicago Bulls, uh, a couple of years ago in the playoffs when he probably should have been sitting out on top of his sister passing away. Uh, so this kid has heart. He has a lot of heart. I think that he he revives his career in Denver, and I think next year we're, we're talking about him signing that big that big deal. I just I just really hope so. For a player like him, you always hope to see them. Uh, be able to bounce back. You just hate to see this story. T- his uh, story takes such a turn for the worse. We'll see, but that's it. Okay. So that is now officially episode 57. I had to get to talking. I had to talk about my bulls. I might as well talk about some NBA while I did that as well. Uh, you know where to find me. You can find me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H A I Z E. I look forward to any of your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the awaken. So pod at gmail.com. You can also Check out our wonderful and beautiful website, theawakensoulpod.com. I really appreciate all the love and support, all the retweets, all the conversations. Uh, Next week, I do want to make an announcement. I may try to get a shorter podcast together, but there may not be an episode next week, surely because I do have to. Um, do the live show, the Breaks Radio live show going down in St. Louis at Herb Arch, July 21st. That is this upcoming Saturday. Be there, people. Be there. Don't buy your tickets at the door. Um, Johnny's a wild animal. He's right. He's doubling the ticket prices for anyone who buys them at the door. So get your tickets ahead of time. Show out. It's going to be a great event. Um, I can't wait to see you guys out there. But this has been The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes. Peace. Fresh as I could be, made it through my situation. Ain't I blessed as I could be? Ain't I laughing at these haters trying to take a shot at me? They don't know which way to go. I make it easy. Follow me. Honestly, ain't I insane? I think that's the way I gotta be. Ain't I some so super fly boy? Ain't nobody hiding me. Ain't he all on TV when he wake up and go to sleep? Everywhere they notice me. Ain't for yourself, just go and see. My community, I'm serving though they hope I don't succeed. Let me speak that so intrigued. Ain't he snitching? No, indeed. You come with that I'm gonna call your show, I have to commandeer Since I see you can't take over, I'll just have to volunteer Hey, ain't I your superior? Listen here, bro, you not up here I'm so zone one to it, ain't funny Twice the G that I appear Rip make it so loud and clear Go be gone for about a year So pay for trail, you gotta hear But ain't that ain't I outta here? Hey, ain't I